Hey everybody, this is Raymundo Gonzalez. And this is Giovanni Rosario. Welcome to the Latinx Guard Podcast. We hope you enjoy the show. Remember, everything we say is just for fun. Nothing's meant to be taken too seriously. If you are going to be a hater, stay a hater. But either way, support. Welcome everybody to Latinx Guard Podcast, episode 10. We finally did it. Double digits. This is a milestone for the podcast. Uno cero. Uno cero. Episode 10. I'm so happy that we made it this far, and I'm so thankful for everybody who's listening to have listened to any or all of our uh, podcast episodes thus far. We got a really special one today. This one's going to be a little bit more satirical, a little bit more joking. But um, welcome to BJJ and other martial arts episode. So what we're going to do today, we're just going to go through all the other martial arts that we know of, or at least have some experience in, and then talk about how they stack up to jiu-jitsu, what jiu-jitsu people think of them, what we think of them. How effective they are in, I guess, like the typical, like the atypical street fight, right? right? The quote unquote street fight scenario that everybody likes to pick up, like you versus three guys who are all six two, like giant bodybuilders. How would you fare against them if you practice this particular martial art? Yeah, um, yeah, we're just gonna take a deep dive. I'm gonna break some of these martial arts up. Um, talk about how ridiculous some of them are. Um, and if you're lucky, we might even mention some names of some of celebrities that. Are ridiculous doing martial arts out there. All right, man. Um, yeah. Okay. I want to start with probably the big one, right? So Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu versus Judo. Okay. Right? In my personal opinion, there there's another one that we'll go into, but Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Judo is like a blood feud. Yes. Right? You, <laughs> We're talking about like bloods and crips, essentially. Dude, people who practice Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, at least in my experience, have such beef with people who practice Judo. And the other way around. Yes. Right. And not saying like when you they see each other, it's on site. It's more like mean girls energy. Yeah. Right? yeah They're yeah. always talking shit about each other, but up to their face and like, oh yeah, you practice this. Oh my god, that's great. <laughs> but like behind the mask, they're they're beefing. Do you think judo people that um train judo are nicer than people that train jujitsu? Oh, now now we're being contentious already three <laughs> minutes into the episode we want to start uh, hating. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that people I mean it's like a different form of like um being considerate and inconsiderate, right? Yeah. I think that personality-wise, I think that people who practice judo are more approachable, right? Like, in terms of just like, hey, how was your day today? Let's talk about this. How's the weather, right? But in terms of, like, practice, bro, I think that judo people, oh, I might get canceled. But I think that judo people are kind of rude, right? Yeah. I, I've been shin-kicked, right? <laughs> like, they're, like, I, and I don't, I don't know if this is, like, the way that judo is practiced, yeah. but they're much more aggressive in their terms of, like, um, sparring. Yeah. They go for techniques like very quickly with a lot of effort. There's not really like a sense of, um, I guess, compassion in going for their techniques. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I mean, in jujitsu, we've already talked about like how it's wrong to do like baby mode or why sometimes you don't want to do baby mode against certain people. Right. But there is no baby mode in judo. Nah. Like, if somebody wants to take you down, they're grabbing your collar and they're throwing your ass to the floor. And and I think like that could be due to safety, right? The the mechanics of how some of these techniques work. But I do I do agree. Um I definitely feel like that judo's more aggressive. Um for all the judo athletes out there, if we ever train, I'm pulling guard. Like let's be real. I'm oh, not I'm facts. not I'm standing. I'm not standing facts. up with you. What? <laughs> Fuck that. We pulling guard and that you you're gonna have to pass his guard. Um I will say I can't I don't know I can't speak for uh, and in, on an individual level, I guess like I can only speak to the athlete. So for sure, anytime I've trained with somebody who's done judo or has a judo background, they've you know they're very aggressive. They're they're gonna start 
pulling on your head. I think a lot of the things that they do in judo, similar to when you've done wrestling, like there's carryovers. So some of the techniques or some of the things that they do, I guess, can be seen as rude. Um, but if I know you've done judo before, I just am mentally prepared to be like, okay, this is going to be a very scrappy round. I yeah. might be sore after this. For you sure. know, this is going to not be as fun. Yeah. No, judo definitely builds up a certain type of resiliency that you can only get in judo. Yeah, right? I for think sure. They're some of the toughest stand-up people. Like, they know how to break grips really well. Good luck breaking their grips. Oh, right? man. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just a very tough sport to do. I, I think that's exemplified. And, again, this is me just talking crap. I've spoken to many people who have practiced judo, and it's a very injurious sport. Yes. I mean, what is it, right? If you're going to play basketball, you're going to sprain your ankle, you're going to bust your knee, whatever. But at least when I talk to them in judo, I have yet to meet a judo athlete that hasn't, like, busted their foot, busted their ankle, busted their knee, sprained yeah. the shoulder, whatever, right? And that cauliflower ear doesn't come from like some love taps, right? They hit the floor hard. Yeah. Um, so I think that judo is a great sport to get into if you want something, I guess, um, a little bit more athletic to do. Or, yeah. Uh, maybe not athletic is not the right word, but um, strenuous, I guess. You want a good workout, judo is great. Um, in relation to Brazilian jiu-jitsu, however, I think that judo is somewhat limited just by the practice in and of itself. I think it's kind of not naive, but I think it's incorrect to think that when you take somebody down, that's when the altercation kind of stops. Now, this is me just being a jiu-jitsu head, talking mad trash, <laughs> but at least in the judo rule set, right? The ultimate goal is to take somebody down, score the ippon, right? Um, and that's it. That's when the match ends. Now, yeah. I also have seen like those Reddit self-defense videos where like the judo black belt takes somebody down and holds them down. Yeah. I'm not saying that judo people are incapable of holding people down when it comes to the ground. Right. I think they're more than capable of doing that. But as we practice jujitsu, we know that just holding somebody in case of Katame, that score fold, is not enough to actually end an altercation. Right. right. Sometimes you got to put people in the rear naked choker and armbar, right? Again, not saying that judo people can't do this, right? But jujitsu people are just more trained and attuned to this. Um, obviously, we want to preface all of this with, I mean, I, I want to preface with, I mean, a mixture, a combination of everything, right? That's where mixed martial arts, I, obviously, if you want to talk about what's the, what's the superior. So we're really tackling, I guess, more from a traditional aspect. Um, so what Ray is saying is that if you do judo, you're inferior to him, yeah. obviously. Me particularly. Yeah. Um, and because he's my boy, I support him. Um, so, yeah. That said, I, I, I definitely agree. Um, and, and to be fair, like... Um, Jiu-Jitsu is known for taking a lot of techniques from other martial arts. So Jiu-Jitsu does have to, um, you know, bow, give its credits to whatever you want to call it, to Judo because um, it does come from that, right? Like if we're talking about lineage, there's no Jiu-Jitsu without Judo, right? Um, but what Judo lacks on the ground, right? Jiu-Jitsu, that's where Jiu-Jitsu comes in. Um, and you, we do see a lot of carryover. There's a lot of, especially as the sport is growing, you see a lot of Judo high-level athletes kind of coming over to Jiu-Jitsu and getting more into that ground game and coming and becoming better overall. Um, I think, like you said, being that the sports both can be very injurious, especially Judo with a high impact on, on your body with the throws and all of that. Um, I think it also gives them a better balance in their training. Um, but yeah, I, I do believe that judo, is, judo people are way more aggressive. Now the next matchup. So if you didn't know, Ray chose that jiu-jitsu is better than judo. <clears throat> yeah, that was my decision. Um, Only my decision. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's our decision, but you know. Next, boxing versus Muay Thai. 
Oh, shoot. So we're just going in between different martial arts. Yeah, now. I mean, okay. I, f- I figure we're here, right? We can we can pivot if we need to. But since we're in this one, as you were talking, that one came into my head. Because that's another one where I feel like um, a lot of people have that argument similar to when like you see Floyd Mayweather calling out the MMA fighters you know oh, it's, right, it's basically right, right, right. A, a, a martial art where you can only use your hands versus one where the strikes come from your upper body and your lower body so I think that a couple of a couple of points right when we start to compare these different martial arts like one is always going to be at a disadvantage just because they're always training the specific rule set for sure even if they're like extremely close to one another right yeah. it's kind of like cons- like um comparing like a sprinter to a long distance runner For sure. and then putting them up in like a mile race like even though you're like kind of making concessions to both to try to put them on equal footing yeah right there yeah and, and it's somebody would even say like what's the difference they're both running same thing with like boxing muay thai like an uneducated person or a um, martial arts uneducated person would say like well what's the difference they're just throwing hands right right you and i know that there's subtleties and yes there are subtleties that are actually big enough i know that's uh, ironic to say um, but there are small things that are big enough to actually make a huge difference. For sure. Right? So when it comes to boxing versus Muay Thai, now you kind of have to like, and this is weird for me to say, maybe not the answer that you expect me to say, but it kind of comes down to the appearances, right? That's I think fair. both are incredibly effective when it when you're talking about defending yourself, right? Yeah. Now, I know all you Muay Thai heads listening to this podcast be like, what are you talking about? You break your hands so easily. Use your elbows, use your knees. You kick somebody in the legs. It's, that's even worse than a head punch. I'm like, bro, shut up. Yeah. Right? If you know how to throw hands, you know how to throw hands. Right. All, all you need is one to put somebody out. All you need is one, right? And sometimes, like, you don't have to punch them in the head. A good punch to the ribs, a good liver blow, oh, well, that'll put you out. Absolutely. Right? I think also when it comes to, like, all of these striking sports, what a lot of people don't understand is that it teaches you distance management like no other yes right you when you start boxing when you start doing muay thai you know even before anybody's hands are up the effective range of somebody before they throw a strike so you're not even like if um you were standing like two or three feet away from somebody you know okay this guy can throw this punch or i'm in range if he wants to throw this punch same thing if you want to do muay thai he can kick me he can't kick me right yeah and that's a valuable skill knowing um the safe, effective range of certain strikes in order to help protect yourself and help de-escalate a situation or if it's uh, de-escalate a situation or if a situation does get escalated, right? Yeah, distance now, management, that's a that's a really important concept and yeah. I think that that's just, it transitions to all martial arts yeah. and I think like like you said, like that skill and, and skills like that where it's not necessarily a technique, right? What you, you see a lot when people come into class and they're like, oh, I want to learn the new heel hook. It's like, first, do you know when is it safe for me to attack your legs? Yeah. You, do you know when is it safe for me to actually, you know, extend my arm when yep, I'm not right. as exposed? So that distance management, it's it's overlooked, right? People are so, they're rushing to get to the cool stuff, but um, not to cut you off, but I wanted to point that out because that's really important. So, I think that both are equally effective when you're talking about, like, self-defense. Yeah. And I just think, and this is a really weird answer for me to give, but it's my podcast. I can say whatever I want. I really think about what you think is cooler at that point, right? For sure. Because I don't think anybody listened to this podcast or anybody at all when they decide to do, when they decide to join a recreational boxing and Muay Thai gym comes in and thinks like, yo, I'm going to be Golden Gloves champ or I'm going to win like the Roger Dernan Stadium Championship. Like, nah, that's not happening, bro. Yeah. You're, you're just going to do it for fun. Like, even if you want to take it a little bit more seriously, like, let's be real, you're just going to do it for fun. Maybe do a couple smoker fights, whatever. But you're not, you're not down like that, yeah. right? It's you're not maybe, about that life. You're not about that life. So, me personally, I have to choose boxing over Muay Thai. Okay. That's, that's just me personally, right? Yeah. 
I grew up Mexican. Boxing is basically like one of the national sports there. My father loves boxing. I grew up watching boxing fights, right? Julio Cesar Chavez. Hell yeah. Um, uh, Canelo Alvarez right now. I mean, eh, Canelo Alvarez. <laughs> but he's, he's the representative yeah. right now for for the Mexican Like people. Sal Sanchez, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I, It goes deep, right? For sure. So I really like boxing as a sport. I think it's really cool, right? I also grew up in the hood. Like as kids, we would slap box in the hallways, yeah. right? And if you kicked somebody, that would be, then you're actually boxing for oh, real. Yeah, then, right? then you're really... Then you're really boxing, right? So I, I just have this like deep cultural appreciation for boxing. Not saying that I don't respect Muay Thai either. It's just not my thing. Now yeah. I think if you're, I think if you're Filipino, if you're Thai, if you're Japanese, if you're like from like um, an Asian country or that part of the world, I don't want to just paint one picture on people. But if you're from that part of the world, I can see why it's more popular. For sure, right? um, Muay Thai is just not popular in Mexico right now, just because it's not part of their culture. But in other places of the world, it is part of their culture. Yeah. So I, I think that some people pick up a certain martial arts just because they think it looks cool. Quick story. That's why I picked up jiu-jitsu. I saw a guy wearing a jiu-jitsu hoodie. I thought it was really cool, and I wanted to wear a jiu-jitsu hoodie. Right? That's simple. Is that simple? What do you think about boxing with some more tight, Giovanni? Um, I don't have much of a take. I think they're both great. Um, I I don't have much of a connection to either one. Like, you have that cultural connection. If I had to choose... I, so, I, I think that both... They, they, they'll help you develop skills, right, from stand-ups and throwing strikes, but they will also help you develop other skills, right? I think boxing will have a bigger emphasis on your head movement, right, where in Muay Thai you're going to use your elbows and knees, right? Um, I'm probably going to choose Muay Thai because I feel like it's better overall, but if I, I think, like, much like you, I probably am... I have more of a relationship with boxing if I had to choose just because, like, I also saw more boxing growing up. I probably know more boxers. Muay Thai, I mean, I've done a little bit of Muay Thai, um, taking some classes, but, you know, my exposure to that has, has been more in the latter years of my life. Um, but, yeah, that's my take. Cool. So I want to start hating now, and I know that it was really good that we compared boxing versus Muay Thai. But this wouldn't be the Latinx card podcast without some hate. So I want to go into boxing and Muay Thai versus jiu-jitsu, right? And now this is where I start to start throwing boxing gloves around. Yo, they're both garbage when compared to jiu-jitsu. And I'll tell you why, right? True. People can be like, yo, how can you say that? Take a left hook to the jaw. Take an elbow to the temple. Bro, like, I'll eat those, bro. I'll eat at least one. I got a big head. I'll eat them. You think this is the first time I caught a concussion, <laughs> motherfucker? Fuck out of here. No, but like... Here's the thing that most people don't understand, right? And when you watch, like, those live leak videos, the the Reddit, like, um, street beefs fights, and you see, like, some guy take a punch to the head, sure, that'll stagger him, right? But that won't stop him unless you got, like, the picture perfect, like, he had his hands on already and you sucker punched him, whatever, right? It's actually very uncommon for you to, like, hit somebody in the face and then you just go, like, blink out cold, Right? Not only does it have to be the perfect punch, he has to not be ready. If he already has his hands up, if you already made the, like the the agreement, like yo, we fighting right now, it's kind of hard to knock somebody out, right? Yeah. And it's somewhat dangerous. I mean, like I'll go back to my point that I made earlier, like try knocking somebody out and not breaking your hand. It's like a pretty good, it's like a pretty a good skill to have or a pretty hard skill to acquire. Yeah. Um, and even it it even still happens to the best athletes in the world in their respective sport. I think Mike Tyson when he got into like a, a street fight broke his hand on the first punch that he threw. Like that's crazy, and he's Mike Tyson. Yeah, like, he knows obviously. Know, he obviously knows how to throw a punch. Now, going back to the jiu-jitsu debate, I think it's pretty hard if somebody's grappling orientated um, to knock them out while they're still trying to take you down. I mean, like, sure, you might hit like a, an elbow or like a punch across the head, but 
if they grab onto you, even like half stumble and half conscious, that muscle memory is going to kick in. They're going to take you down to the floor, especially yeah. if you have no grappling training. I think that this is evident in the UFC when everybody was like, nah, stand them up, stand and bang. But like people were just taking people down, just like bashing their brains in on the floor. Um, no, I, I agree. I think um, the gap is easier to fill for somebody who has that jiu-jitsu experience versus if you have Muay Thai. Like, it's easier for a grap somebody who's more superior in grappling to learn enough stand-up to defend himself and get to his ground game versus the other way around, where if I know more stand-up, it's going to be harder for me to know um, the defense to defending the takedowns or defending submissions. There's a lot more I have to cover where... If I learn stand-up, like, I just have to work on, like, we talked about distance management and get close enough to grapple you to the ground, yeah, right? Yeah, that's a great point. Um, so, I mean, that said, like, both and all martial arts have their pros and cons, but in that argument, I will, I'll give the edge to jiu-jitsu. Uh, it could be because I'm biased and it's, you know, because it's what I do. But I, I will say that, like, um, yeah, if, if you see guys like Damian Maya who... He fought for the championship multiple times, and primary like his stand-up, not that he had great stand-up, right, but he just knew how to get to his thing. Um, and it's funny that we touched on this because he had a fight with Usman, and I believe it was in the first round. You know how hard it is to get, like, um, behind uh, uh, your arms around the waist, right? Like, he was 70% to his back, like he and they were on the cage, and we know how hard it is to get that. The ref stopped them because he thought there wasn't enough action going on. And, yeah. and obviously he ended up losing that fight. Yeah, yeah. But just imagine like how hard it was to get him there. Somebody like Usman who has great stand-up, who's great, you know, wrestling, great overall, but like not, when we're talking about like grappling, he's not at the level of Damian Maya. So like um, that's, a, that's an example of like Damian Maya made up the ground enough where he could have won that match if it wasn't for the ref. Yeah, dude, that, that doesn't even happen at the highest levels of our sport. I mean, that happens in any like fight or altercation that you see online yeah. right like i can't tell you how many like videos i throw i almost throw my phone across the room <laughs> because i'm watching these fights right like these like schoolyard fights and then somebody takes somebody down when like a legit uh single leg or double leg or not even right let's say they don't know any wrestling they yeah. just fall on top of each other and one guy falls into the mount right and then his friends like recording the thing was like nah stand them off stand them off stop that grab ass stop and, and so, like, what are you talking about? Oh, That's, like, man. the fight just got started. Or when you're right? at a bar watching, like, a UFC fight, and you're like, get up. Yeah, get, get up. up. Stand him up. Yo, the guy on top's throwing bombs, and he's like, yeah. yo, get up. Like, So I actually want to circle back to a, a really intelligent point that you made, which is when you're talking about def knowing enough striking to defend yourself at least somewhat adequately, adequately against an effective striker, I, yo, I'm not going to – I'm going to talk some shit. It's not that hard. Right. It's not that hard to learn how to put your hands up and know how to tuck your chin and know how to get close to somebody to grapple them. Right. I, I believe that it's much easier to teach somebody how to defend against a striker than it is how to defend against a grappler for the point that you made that the nuances of learning how to defend multiple different types of takedowns, learning how to sprawl different types of ways, learning how to sit through, sit out, like right. all of these wrestling chains and concepts are going to take somebody a lot longer to learn than knowing how to put your hands up near your ears or by your temples, right? Knowing how to drop your hands to defend your body, knowing how to move your head, move it to the left and right, sway, duck, all that stuff, right? Yeah. Now, I'm not saying there isn't um, nuances to like defensive boxing and all that stuff or like defensive Muay Thai. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying <laughs> is that it's not hard as defensive grappling, in my opinion. Right? Yeah. So it's going to be harder to learn. For sure. So 
I think in the argument, boxing versus Muay Thai, I'm going to have to go with boxing. I think it's the cooler sport, maybe not more effective. That's a different argument that I don't want to make because I don't want my head kicked off by some guy who trains at five points and be like, yo, what'd you say, little pop right yeah. there on the street? No, I don't want to say <laughs> No, I don't want to say anything like that. Um, I think it's the coolest sport. And then boxing, Muay Thai versus Jiu-Jitsu, you know I got to give it up to Jiu-Jitsu. All right. Jiu-Jitsu versus wrestling. Oh, my God. This was the other blood feud that I was talking this, about. It was. This is. So this is the one where, like, th- this one, um, I, because wrestlers might be the most aggressive martial artists that there are, yeah, um, yeah you're probably going to, we might get some into some fights, but whatever. So Sorry. here's the thing, right? <laughs> here's the thing that's really funny. Brazilian jiu-jitsu and judo is kind of like the mean girls thing, right? Yeah. Where it's like they both act like they like each other, but they secretly hate each other. But Brazilian jiu-jitsu versus wrestling is very one-sided. And you won't believe which side it is, right? Like, you're already looking at me with a weird face. And that's fine because here's here's the interaction that I think Brazilian jiu-jitsu and uh, freestyle or folk-style wrestling practitioners have with one another. It's pretty funny. So they're like two guys who work at the office, right? And they meet at the water cooler. Let's call Dan, um, the wrestler, and John, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioner, right? Let's okay. just say they're an embodiment of people, right? So Dan and John go to the water cooler, and Dan and John are like, hey, what's up? How you doing? And then John, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioner, was like, yeah, what's up, John? I missed you over the weekend. You didn't come to the cookout. And like Dan is like, yeah, you know, uh, I wanted to go, but something came up. I really... You know, I'm really bummed I didn't get to go, but I'll go to the next one. Talk to you later, Dan, right? And Dan, the wrestler, is completely upfront in how he feels, right? He's bummed out. Yeah, yeah. He, he wants to get to know the jiu-jitsu guy better. Um, there's nothing, like, um, behind the scenes going on there. Right. But the jiu-jitsu guy <laughs> hates the other guy. It's like, fuck that guy. Didn't show up to my thing. I shouldn't have invited his bitch ass anyway. Like, I believe that jiu-jitsu people have, like, this fear and, like, this... um contempt towards wrestlers right because god forbid they're athletic <laughs> god forbid there's like a government like our school sponsored like wrestling programs there's nothing like that in jiu-jitsu at least right now and wrestlers they they kind of really don't care yeah right they kind of just are happy doing what they're doing sure some of them are a little bit weird that's a podcast for a different oh, day oh yeah um i think you go into like our bjj gear uh episode where we talk about the guys who wear wrestling shoes on the mat and uh the head the the ear muscles when they don't need to <laughs> But I think wrestlers are, at least for me, some of like the friendliest people that I've ever met, right? The, again, they can be a little bit eccentric. They're a little bit aggressive. But it doesn't come from a bad place, right? I think they've just been trained um, or at least have adopted a training style that's a certain way because at least in wrestling, the rounds are a lot shorter. I think yeah. they're like three-minute periods. Yeah, I think you have two or three three-minute periods whatever it is it's really short yeah right and i think that's to incentivize like a certain amount of action within the rounds like if you only have three minutes like if we cut down brazilian jitsu to three minutes we'd see a lot more action a lot less stalling right i think one of the arguments in brazilian jitsu right now is to cut down the time in certain matches yeah because when you have black belt matches that are 10 minutes with all the restarts with all like the the cuts and breaks whatever tie your belt I've seen a black belt match go up to 17 minutes. That's crazy, That man. is crazy. That's not a good spectator sport, at least for a fight, right? UFC fights are 15 minutes at the most. Yeah. Um, but wrestling matches, man, you got three minutes to, do, to work, you're going to start sprinting right out the gate, right? And I think that's the point. I think that's why most Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu um, athletes don't like going up against wrestlers because they still haven't realized that it's, a, it's not as much of a sprint as it is in freestyle wrestling. Yeah. Um, so... I think it's like this um, this thing where like wrestlers are just happy that there is a 
outlet for them to grapple after like high school and college. And Brazilian jiu-jitsu people are like, man, fuck this guy. He trains too hard. Not knowing that that's that's just how wrestlers train. Yeah. Um, no, I definitely think you made a, a lot of valid points. Um, with wrestling being like one of the oldest sports martial arts that there is, um, I think it's had a lot of time, a lot of time to like develop um, what works, what doesn't work. I mean, as we've seen right now, we have the main two wrestling styles, Greco and freestyle. Um, <clears throat> when I I did a little bit of wrestling in high school, and I remember. Um, uh, one of my teammates at the time, shout outs to Yao. He has a butchery out on Steinway, hottest one on Steinway. But he um, he had told me about jiu-jitsu. This is back like 2011. And I was like, fuck that. Wrestling, what? I don't want to try that pussy ass shit. Um, and, I really, and I really believed that at that time. Um, fast forward, like I'd done wrestling. Then I graduate high school and I find jiu-jitsu. And much like you, like... What I what really got me into it, aside from like trying to do something else, I really wanted to put a gi on and just get promoted, right? So then I started jujitsu, and I was like, "Oh, this is great." After, you know, doing jujitsu for some time and training with wrestlers, having a little bit of wrestling experience, um, I believe wrestling is a significantly harder sport for a lot of the things you said, right? The time matches, like there's actions, there's action the whole time. In jujitsu, we expect athletes to be able to perform for such a long period of time i'm like we're human you just said like mike tyson broke his hand mike tyson is who he is he's been who he was like even now when he's just like smoking weed and chilling like people still have a fear of him because he is who he is so like with wrestling with the shorter periods like that is always incentivizing action you see that at um when you talk about wrestlers very rarely do you see a wrestler that's fat yeah. Or, or, and we're not shape. Sorry, maybe that isn't the word. But very rarely do you see a wrestler that's out of shape. So actually, this is a, a meme within the wrestling community. <laughs> like when you retire from a wrestling career, there's only like two body shapes that you have. Yeah. As a retired wrestler, you either keep your workout routine, you stay at your fighting weight, or maybe like slightly above, but you're still like in shape. Right. Or you just go way off the deep end and become freaking johnny hamburgers right yeah and just are just bubble got pregnant and just you and like you're still like a a threat because now you have all that weight plus your wrestling skill yeah but i i think it's funny that you brought that up i think like i i've seen wrestlers who say they wrestled in middle school or high school or or a college and they're either like still ridiculously jacked or in shape or just way out of shape yeah no i've, I've i agree i've seen both um but in jiu-jitsu is very common even at the like some of the the world champions or people that have won titles like again our sport is still relatively new um and it's still growing but you've seen these athletes and maybe their routine isn't the healthiest right um but without getting too much into it i i do think and this could just be because wrestling's been around for a longer period of time but wrestling um has this things figured out a lot more right it, it has it, it's been able to break down its two primary forms right and most there's there's not very often dispute about um like rules and, and things like that whereas in jiu-jitsu there's a lot of um organizations everybody wants to be different so maybe they'll alter the rules a little bit and we see even at the highest you know tournaments how often do we see at Abu JJF the refs fucking things up yeah. right we're talking about like people who've been doing the sport for 30 plus years and supposed to take this seminar not refing is not an easy job by no means but um where 
I think wrestling has um, wrestling should be like the the model for for a lot of martial arts. Just kind of figure it out, um, like what works and what doesn't. Uh, I think you know, jiu-jitsu's in that process, but definitely it's a much harder sport. Um, I think when wrestlers comes in come into jujitsu, the same thing we were talking about um, it, it, in jiu-jitsu versus muay thai and boxing it's it's true for wrestling and jiu-jitsu like it's easier for a wrestler to learn enough jiu-jitsu to beat a like nicky rod yeah he he wrestled at a high level he'd learned some jiu-jitsu and then he went and took uh second at adcc but there's so many examples of that aj agzarm kind of rusing yeah and i and i definitely believe that like you know your bracket the people that you fight like that matters too for sure but like um that is easier than like a jiu-jitsu athlete becoming going to states like they're high school wrestlers that will smoke world champions yeah. you know so like that gap in learning how to wrestle is much ha- it's much harder for a jiu-jitsu person to learn yeah. good uh wrestling versus a wrestler learning enough jiu-jitsu to like do really well against the competitive athletes so i think that's a multifaceted like point that you made yeah and i, I want to go into this because i'll I be having these rants in my kitchen by myself right <laughs> facts so <laughs> here's where i have this rant recorded on a podcast right um now i'll just want to start off by saying that uh, wrestling versus jiu-jitsu i'll actually have to give it to wrestling yeah but there are so many reasons why i give it to wrestling over jiu-jitsu now, the first and foremost reason is that the average age to get started in wrestling is significantly younger yes. than, um, I guess, even amateur or hobbyist jiu-jitsu. Like, I think we talked about in a previous episode where um, I did the research, or at least I, by that I mean I read on a Flow Grappling article somewhere, <laughs> that the average age in getting into hobbyist jiu-jitsu is around, like, 35. Yeah. Now, around 35, it's kind of hard to make significant physical changes to your body yeah. without substantial effort. But when you're young, five, seven, eight, nine years old, but you're basically clay at that point, right? You do anything for two to three years, you change your entire body composition just to um, facilitate that type of activity that you've adopted. Yeah. Now, when it comes to uh, wrestling, there are a lot more programs out there that get people into wrestling a lot younger, meaning like the school programs, right? Right. So if you wanted to go to any school in the middle America... All of them are going to have a wrestling program. Yeah. Whether it's going to be good or not good, that doesn't really matter because it's just the fact that you're doing it. Fact. Right? Um, it, it provides you such a significant advantage just doing something at an early age into your uh, adulthood. Then if you find something in your adulthood and now you have to develop the neural pathways and the coordination to do that thing. Right? Like uh, we talked about in the previous podcast, like the advantage of just doing anything athletic uh, towards jiu-jitsu versus if you've never done anything athletic in your life and you start uh, training jiu-jitsu later on, right? Yeah. So wrestling just has such an advantage over jiu-jitsu just because, at least in America, right? Um, just the amount of programs that are offered for Americans and younger people to adopt wrestling at an earlier age, right? Yeah. Um, I also, and this is where I become really contentious, in wrestling, right, there is a... I guess a more focus on discipline than there is in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Not saying yeah. that Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu athletes or anybody in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is undisciplined, but I mean, there's the meme that when you get your blue belt or purple belt, especially, you stop doing the warm-ups, right? Yeah. I mean, in in um, freestyle or folk style wrestling in America, like 
even if you win like all the what they call the stop signs, all the NCAA titles, and you come in the next day and be like, Coach, nah, I don't gotta do my warm-ups. Nah, I don't I don't wanna do my sprawls. Bro, what are you talking about? Now you're gonna do double sprawls because you're talking to me like that, right? Yeah. I dare anybody to go to Ohio State or Penn State or Cornell, all these big wrestling programs, and see one athlete who's serious about like their training to skip the warm-ups, right? Yeah. It just doesn't happen, right? You won't see it. That's why they're so well conditioned. That's why all these wrestlers, you go to like these wrestlers, it looks like a natty body, bodybuilding competition, bro. Yeah. They got like the striation, they got the gills, bro. They got the turtle shell back. It's crazy, right? Um, yeah, no, I definitely think that that's just different cultures, right? In jiu-jitsu, we tend to be, you know, very laid back. And obviously this is, we're not going to go too deep into it because um, we've talked about it, right? This is different gyms, right? Um, even like, even the most competitive jiu-jitsu gyms and, and um like, even the most competitive jiu-jitsu gyms probably don't have, like, the same training environment as, as wrestling, as wrestlers do. Um, so, I, I, I agree with you in, like, it's just different disciplined, right? Like, um, for, I remember, this is high school, and again, very limited wrestling, but um, my practices used to start at around four, right? So, we would start with conditioning so um some of some people might remember insanity sean t right this is beachbody.com like um we would do that we do one of the those workouts which can go anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour right some if we were cutting weight we'd do that with sauna suit on right um or and then sometimes we'd add some running around and then we do an hour an hour and a half of wrestling practice now obviously there is such thing as overtraining and burning yourself out then again like we're kids right so it's it's you can push kids a little bit more and they can recover faster um whereas in jujitsu and i think like that meme point you you brought up like after sir after you you kind of reach that satisfaction for yourself you start to put in as much effort when wrestling like even if you win those medals like your teammate the environment everybody reminds you like yo there's still work to be done right and i think like that part um it uh, in jiu-jitsu and i'm not saying that it doesn't exist in wrestling but in jiu-jitsu um there hasn't i, I don't i haven't been exposed to like a, a balance of that right some people just kind of go too extreme on that end mm. um but that said i definitely agree and like wrestlers are more um structured with their training they're more like i'm gonna wake up at five and run because i have to do a jiu-jitsu not not all but right the jiu-jitsu culture is more like oh there's a class at 11 i'll just sleep in you know yeah um i definitely agree and that's why i would give the advantage to wrestling in that specific scenario also we don't have to look too much farther at um than the ufc right yeah i think and this is coming from a friend of mine who is an avid ufc watcher i would even go up and say he's a mma analyst right <laughs> just he he always knows who's gonna win the fights yeah shout outs to um tim watson and the knuckleheads mma podcast shout outs to tim shout out to tim um but one of the things that he really looks out for is uh wrestling Right when he is going to give his advantage to a certain fighter in a fight, um, I think that knowing how to, excuse me, knowing how to control somebody on the ground, having that gas tank that you've developed over several years, right, just knowing how to establish control over somebody and make it look like you have control, yeah. is a huge element when it comes to fighting, right? And now this is where we go into like the how does wrestling do versus jujitsu uh, in like the quote unquote like street fight scenario, right? I think that wrestlers are a lot more prepared to take somebody down to the floor and to 
control them on the floor yeah. than jiu-jitsu practitioners are. Mm-hmm. Also, like if we go back to that, it's e- it's easier to, to teach somebody how to um, defend against a striker versus defending against a takedown. Like I think Jobani made another great point that I think it's a lot easier to teach a wrestler jiu-jitsu than it is a jiu-jitsu person wrestling. Right. Right. I I can honestly teach an effective rear naked choke and back take to a wrestler in five to ten minutes. I cannot teach like a duck under or a throw by to jiu-jitsu people to save my life. And I have tried, <laughs> dude. I have tried. Mad I'm, hard. Tried mad hard. I was like, okay, set up the feint, use your footwork, use the momentum, shuck the arm, and they just won't get it, right? Yeah. It's like teaching a baby how to walk. You will do the move for them. You'll take control of their arm. You'll do everything for them. And then you're like, all right, do it. And then they're like, they can't. You yeah. flip on their head. You so, know? I think the wrestlers just have that advantage on them. And yeah. I think that most the jiu-jitsu people overestimate their ability to take somebody down, which is why, like, I, I've seen a couple of videos against where with jiu-jitsu people in, like, these street fight altercations where they go for a takedown, but then just end up pulling bottom mount, yeah. right? And the only reason why they end up on top in that altercation is because the person who got on top of them and pulled mount is just completely unaware on how to, like, secure and maintain the mount, right? Yeah. So... Just the nature of them being on the ground just gives them that advantage. Even they're, even if they're in one of the worst possible positions to be on the ground in a street fight. Yeah. But wrestlers typically can take somebody down pretty easily, right? Like double leg, single leg, um, throw by and get to back control or like standing back control, right? It's just really easy for them to get to these positions that they need to get to to control a standing or grounded opponent. A yeah. lot easier than in jiu-jitsu anyway. Yeah. Um, no, I, I 100% agree. Um, so jiu-jitsu versus wrestling, we seem to agree. Wrestling is the superior one. And that's weird to say on a jiu-jitsu podcast, bro. I mean, yeah, but we, we're haters, but we're also realistic. Yeah. Not like some of, some of our friends who are in denial. Word, that's crazy. Um, that said, I do have a question kind of on, on topic. Um, but now we can continue to hate a little bit. Um, with Dave Batista and Tom Hardy recently getting promoted. Shout outs to them. Batista just got his brown belt and okay. Tom Hardy just got his purple belt. Yeah. Um, and I'm not implying that they're trash, but which celebrities that we are aware of that train jiu-jitsu do you think um, you can actually beat? I think all of them. You think all of them? You I think, think all of them. You think you can beat Batista? He's the same rank <laughs> as you. Yo. Yo. Drax okay. the Destroyer here. We're talking about like Batista bomb. Like Yeah, Batista bomb. Gatling gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, like we're talking like he's evol- in evolution. Like yeah, thumbs down. The animal. Yeah, the animal. <laughs> <laughs> you think you can the take animal, on the, you think the you belly can button be- tattoo. Yeah, word. He um, walked through that line. They hit him with the belt. He didn't even flinch. So here's the thing. I mean, I think but is a huge fucking guy. I think what he's like, 6'3", 6'4", 280, whatever, right? Yeah. The thing with all of these um, celebrities, minus Tom Hardy, bro. I think Tom Hardy got that dog in him. Right, I saw that. I saw that uh, jiu-jitsu match. I think he actually trains. But the thing with all of these jiu-jitsu celebrities is, I just don't think they have the time to train. Right, like even me, I'm like I don't really train that much as much as I used to. Right, I used to put 14 hours a week minimum, but now I'm doing like five hours a week. Right, just to keep it uh, in my system. Um, but even then, I don't think these jiu-jitsu celebrities are training that much. Right, I think they got like auditions, they have appearances, they have whatever they want. They got to bang hot like blonde chicks on like um, Sunset Boulevard, whatever. Right, I just don't think that when people look at Dave Batista or when people look at um, what's the other one, Ashton Kutcher or Mario Lopez, right? I don't think they're training that much. And I think when they are training, they're probably doing privates with like the head instructor of the gym wherever they train at. Yeah, they're doing privates with 
Joe Rogan or Hegan Machado or Eddie Bravo, whoever, right? The celebrity trainer, yeah, yeah. Edwin Najmi, like did <laughs> privates with that guy that was on like um, that reality show, whatever his name is, right? But I think that's the fullest extent of their training. I think they train twice a week at the most. I think that when they're really training, they're not doing like real, like hard, gritty rounds, right? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Dave Batista also got that dog in him and is doing like six rounds a day. Who knows, right? Yeah. But as far as I know, I, I've i been around certain celebrities that train at, at the gym that I train at. I mean, it's New York. There's going to be celebrities. Right. They don't train that much, right? And I'm not saying that they have to train that much. I'm mean, like, yo, you're a fake if you don't train eight times a day, right? But I just don't think their schedules allow for it if you're that famous of an actor. So you're saying there's no celebrity out there who... Who would cook me? Who would cook you. I mean, Dave Batista's built like a brick shit house, right? I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he gets like a pass on me and then just sits on me for six minutes, right? Um, Are you getting what? out of that guard? Bro? No, wait, hold on. I think Shaq would like definitely like Shaq, flatten me out. Shaq trains? Shaq's a purple belt. Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal. We're talking about like the the he's I believe he's a cop in in uh, somewhere in Georgia. Yeah, break like, the backboard. Owner of like Five Guys Restaurant. Yeah. The, the guy who owns the uh, estate of Marilyn Monroe. Shaq shoes. Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Oh, salute to Shaq. Um, but you think like, Shaq's beating you, bro? He's seven feet tall, four hundred pounds. Bro. Well, I'm not gonna move the him. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. There's what do no you way mean? I'm taking. There's no way I'm doing anything to him. Yo, bro. any two people who, any two celebrities who train jiu-jitsu that are purple belt and above, come see us. We're putting out that challenge out there. <laughs> Me and Raymundo will smoke any of y'all. Not Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, Shaq bro. included. Nah, you. It's okay. Shaq could be one. I'll take Shaq. You could take the other one. Bro, it's go okay. ahead, take Shaq. I, I, I don't think you could do anything to him. Bro. What? He's, he's 400 pounds. I don't get this. That no, man holds a gallon of water like a Pepsi you can. You can't be a, f he's four time, you can't be a four time NBA champ and also beat me at my own sport. No, that, I love Shaq. He's one, he's one of the people I respect. I love his, not only as an athlete, but like from a business perspective and as a man, like I really, I fuck with him. Um, Do but, you remember the show Shaq versus everything? So, Vaguely. So it was a Vaguely. show. I, <laughs> I love we got on this tangent on our podcast. But it's a show where Shaquille O'Neal basically challenged world-class athletes at their sport. Yes, 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 So he yes, took yes, like yes. a couple weeks or maybe like a month to like learn the sport. But here's the, here's the bugged out part. In every single sport, he actually gave the athletes a run for their money. Yeah. Right? It was swimming, golf. Boxing, all of these things. Yes, bro. Because well, he's he, a, he's an athlete, you know. He, like, he boxed Oscar De La Hoya, and bro, that one was comical, right? Well, he, he was like basically two Oscar De La Hoyas stacked <laughs> on top of one another, and Oscar De La Hoya is like literally running around the ring, like jabbing Shaq in the stomach, and Shaq is just like <laughs> trying to reach out his arms, trying to catch him. But if Shaq really wanted to, bro, he could like throw Oscar De La Hoya out the way, out well, the ring. Well, yes, the, the, there is also, I guess, in the realms of like a competitive jiu-jitsu round. Like, if we're talking about, like, street fight, well, yes, he's going to pick me up, and then I'm just going to be in the air fucking be like, let me go. Right. But, like, <laughs> in, in, the, in the context of, like, a competitive jiu-jitsu match, like, do you still think he beats you? Yeah, how am I going to game him? I can't no. take him down. I can't sweep him. I'll bolo Shaq. No, no, you won't. What? No, you won't, bro. I'll bolo him. No, you won't, bro. What? I literally will pull guard on that Shaq. That is insane. I will pull guard. 
I will pull guard I on Shaq. I might have to cancel this podcast because I think you're going delusional, bro. And I don't want to host a podcast with somebody who's crazy. I mean, you know people that are delusional and you know damn well <laughs> that, that I, I'm very far from that. I'm a little I'm a little off, but definitely not that far. Um, nah, we definitely any two celebrities pointed out there, purple belts and above, come through, see us. All right. Tell us tell us where. If it's if it, it is out of uh New York, then you do have to Shaquille O'Neal, we will pay for your flight money to come and squash my co-host Giovanni Rosario. Well, but you have to bring somebody else to fight Ray. Because this is All a tag right. team match. All and right. you're not going to... You're supposed to be on my side. You're not going to squash anybody. I respect, respect Shaq. And after and before, I, you know, love to pick his brain. That said, in, in a round, make it as long as you want. There's no way. What's no the way. next martial art, my guy? Um, well, I, the last matchup, because um, I did want to cover... The, uh, the ADCC Dallas Open okay. happened this weekend. But I did want to ask one more. This is the probably two of the most traditional martial arts. And probably the ones that there's the most memes of. At this point, I think they're two of the martial arts that are most disrespected. Un, un, and undeservingly so. Karate versus Taekwondo. So, this is where I start to get a lot of personal input and maybe I get a little bit too emotionally attached to the answer, right? And and, and before you go, I, I will say some of these arts that we've mentioned obviously have different styles. So I know that in karate, um, the two m biggest, most popular styles are the Shotokan and Kyokuchin, I believe. And I'm not as familiar with Taekwondo, but we're just going to take both as, including all forms. Yeah. So I did karate my entire life um, up until like... Maybe two to three years ago where, maybe not even, maybe five to six years ago where I, I kind of stopped doing it because I wanted to do jiu-jitsu more. Yeah. But I still keep it in my life. You know, I still got the karate homies that we come in. We throw some kicks, throw some punches. Are you black belt in karate? Yeah, I am. Hell yeah. So, but uh, that, that's like that's like the, the joke meme where I got it when I was 13. I mean, yeah, and it's, it's like, still there. Bro, somebody could still, like, everybody was shocked to me. They could pick me up. Let me go, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, karate versus taekwondo. I'm going to have to give it to karate just because it's a more rounded striking sport. Okay. Right? Equal emphasis on kick, punch. Hell, we got elbows. We got knee strikes. We got shin strikes, right? Yeah. I think, I mean, they got all that in Taekwondo, and I, I don't want the Taekwondo heads coming out at, at me because I still respect the art. But I think when you're that much of a um, kick-heavy and a kick-focused martial art, like, I think there are just too many glaring holes in the game. Right. Right. Also, and this is some people. This is some things that people don't know, necessarily know about karate. There is a good amount of grappling in karate. Yes. Right. At least when I was competing in karate, you can actually grab and throw somebody and hold them for one uh, subsequent technique. Yeah. Right. So the rule set was basically like you can grab onto the gi and then punch them in the face, but that's it. You have to let go. Right. right? You can also grab onto somebody's leg and take them down. That's why I like that single leg where you trip up behind the far leg. Yeah. I call it the karate takedown because I learned that in karate, right? Somebody kicks you in the ribs or somebody tries to kick you in the ribs. You block it. You grab the leg and you trip the other leg, right? Right. And then you strike them, right? So you can, you're allowed to grapple at least somewhat in karate, right? I guess it's to the extent where you can grapple in Muay Thai where like the clinch, you can kind of hold on, throw some strikes. Very similar thing in karate, right? So. Yeah. I had, maybe not, this is weird to say, but I had some grappling knowledge when I came into um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu off of karate. Again, not so much that it was crazy effective and I was throwing black belts, right? <laughs> but just enough that I knew how to hold something in my hand. Like, I knew how to hold a collar in my hand, right? Right. Um, and Taekwondo, at least as far as I know, and I know nothing about Taekwondo, they don't have that. Yeah. Right? They might have some techniques, but I don't think it's as well-rounded as karate, right? I think both look cool. I'm I'm a sucker for wearing a gi. I like the traditionalism. I like the Japanese riding everywhere, right? Yeah. But I still have to give it to karate. 
Um, I agree. I am a certified yellow belt in karate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> actually, funny story. Like one time, me and my brother were going to class because at the time, um, the karate school was just a few blocks away, and we were getting a little older. So, um, we were walking. <laughs> we were, we turned the corner, and some dude who apparently did eagle claw. So, for those people that don't know, eagle claw is a, a kung fu martial arts style. Um, and he starts talking to me, and my brother is a lot more timid than I am and I'm mad and I'm definitely mad timid and he starts talking to me about eagle claw and he grabs my esophagus and he starts talking about how he can rip it out I'm like I'm like 11 years old dog and he starts talking about fucking eagle claw and shit but um I I agree with just about everything you said I could be wrong on this and you know if you're more interested you can do your own research but like even jiu-jitsu has some some ties to karate right like that's how old um karate is in terms of uh, how long it's it, it's been around um and a lot of the stuff that I learned like karate was the first ever martial art that I did like before wrestling before anything so um it definitely taught me a lot about um you know, discipline. It taught me. You know, I, I had an old school uh, Shihan is what they called him. Um, so he was he was a little bit old school. Where like even he took me to like other schools. You know, um, and when the classes were smaller, he'd like <laughs> we would start boxing. You know, so like there was definitely, and, and it could have just been him, but there was a lot of that, like you said, just more well rounded. There was certain techniques that he would take the karate that we'd learn, and he just like would kind of carry that over right it might have been the first time i'd learned anything about grappling this is like before wwe and shit you know um but that said i think karate does take the edge on that um i do fuck with taekwondo i think they have a great um after school program for kids they figured out that business side you see a lot of taekwondo yeah. businesses like um thrive on that like they offer pickup service you know and it's really helpful um in terms of the art itself i i think any martial arts i think every martial arts and this could just be the the nerd and geek in me i think they all have benefits there's yeah. there's all they all have something we can take out of um so even like even the aikido i know a lot of people shit on certain yeah. martial arts um we they all have pros and cons including jiu-jitsu um but definitely karate over taekwondo yeah i think you made a great point at the um the end of your uh um discussion right there I think that any martial art that teaches you how to deal with direct physical confrontation gives you such a substantial advantage over people who have never experienced that in your life. Yeah. Right. When I came into jiu-jitsu, I was not afraid of physical contact and I was not afraid of aggressive physical contact. Yeah. There are people that really shy away from it. And just the thought of getting into a physical altercation kind of scares them and prevents them from really defending themselves. Right. Yeah. I think that that's a huge advantage that you're going to have over anybody. So whether you do... Um, Wing Chun, Aikido, Eagle Claw, right? Whatever you do, right? Yeah. If you've been hit or if you've been grabbed forcefully um, under like a safe pretense, like a sparring match or a training or whatever, I think you being comfortable with that altercation or that scenario gives you such a huge advantage, right? Yeah. Because as you and I both know, right? When you're training with brand new day one white belts, when you're training with someone who's like kind of unsure, really timid, doesn't know how to grab something on like a... Um, really fearful while getting grabbed, they're the easiest to control. You can literally blow on them and they're going to fall over, right? Yeah. But those wrestlers, those oh. guys who are game, those guys, like those women that have older brothers that yes. got picked on as kid, right? <laughs> Bro, they're game. They're hard to control just because they fight back, you, right? You said it best. Like some, some people just have that dog in them. Some people just got that dog in them just from years of just getting like pushed around either in like 
a safe or unsafe environment, right? Yeah. Those people are the hardest to control just because they have the willingness to fight back, right? Yeah. And I think that any and all martial arts grant you this. So whatever you do, kickboxing, Muay Thai, karate, Jeet Kune Do, whatever, I think it's all good, right? Just do it, and eventually you'll find jiu-jitsu and know that it's better. Right? Yeah. Oh, 1,000%. <laughs> um, I, I did had question for you. Yeah. Off the top, since we're on the topic of martial arts, what are your top five martial arts movies? Martial arts. Oh, that's a good one. And and so, I guess and I guess obviously like it'd be hard to give like a, a specific like um, requirements. Yeah. But we'll try to keep it like a, a movie that pri- has a primary style or styles of martial arts th- um, or fighting yeah. sequences. You know, something like that. So actually. I'm going to give it up to the plot because I think the plot of a good fighting movie makes everything. That's fair. I think if you just like um, throw like some kicks and punches in there, like no matter how good like the actual like um, uh, choreography is, I think if the the story isn't there, then I'm just not wrapped up into it. Like shout out to Donnie Yen, right? Like one of the greatest martial arts. Shout out to Donnie Yen. One of the greatest like fight choreographers in the game. Yes. But he just makes some dog shit movies where like bro i don't want to watch this because i don't want to watch the stories Wait, right what 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 movie are you talking about i'm willing to die for i'm willing to, to for, catch a body for my homie donnie yen i forget but it was one where like he put a large emphasis on like the actual jiu-jitsu choreography so there were like flying triangles there was arm bars there was flower sweeps right but the story was just garbage dookie bro i just couldn't watch it Damn. right I, I couldn't get into it but so five Greatest martial arts movies, in my opinion. They um, in, in no particular order, but... Okay, you're, so you're top, top five that are alive. Um, we got to give it to Jet Li and Unchained. I love that movie. I will show that okay. movie to people who don't like fighting, like fighting or other martial arts movies, and they'll be like, yo, that was a pretty good movie. Yeah. Right? I just think it's such a good story, right? Some people will be like, what are you talking about? Whatever. This is my podcast, my list, Jet right? Jet Li, Unchained, okay. Unchained. Um, Tony Jaws, The Protector. Oh, classic. Great movie. Classic. Um, now Undisputed Two, with Michael Jai White and uh, Scott oh. Atkins. I thought I, that, I didn't watch. Bro, I didn't watch that one. That movie's crazy. Yes, yes, I love that movie. I didn't watch it in its entirety, but I did see the fight scene. Undisputed Dope. Two, um, Blade. Oh, the 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 first one. The first one. Okay, first Blade movie. Okay. Um, what else? And now I'm missing one more. Uh, I might have to cut it off at four because I know we want to get into our competition segment. But yeah, let me yeah. see if I can scrap up one more. Um, oh, the one with um, DMX and Jet Li. What was that one called? Romeo Must Die. No, no, no. Cradle to the Grave. Cradle to, oh, no. Romeo Must Die was Jet Li and Aaliyah. Yeah. Rest in peace to both. Cradle to the Grave. Oh, uh, Cradle to the Grave. Damn. That one was crazy. That one was amazing. Yeah. Holy shit. So those are my five. Okay. All right. Um, my five. We're gonna go with Rumble in the Bronx, classic. Jackie okay. Chan, cool, amazing. Yeah, I remember that one. Loved it. Um, we're gonna go with Cradle to the Grave. I'm gonna put that one up there. Um, damn. Let's see. Damn. Now I'm blanking. So while you're uh, thinking, I also got to get an honorable mention because I just thought about it. Uh, Kiss of the Dragon with Jet Li. Oh, Kiss, Kiss of the Dragon. Kiss of the Dragon was crazy. Um. So I love Donnie Yen. Um, you can pick any Donnie Yen movie, and I'm gonna put it up there. Yeah. Um, I would say that the first Ip Man was first my, Ip Man was hard. The, the first that Ip Man, hard. and I know that that's a big one for. I, I wanna. I just can't. Off the top of my head, I can't think of um, another one. There's one where. Um, anyways, but he. Th- I'm gonna put the first wing, uh, first Ip Man up there because Donnie Yen's one of the greatest. 
um, I'm going to go with Bruce Lee's The Chinese Connection. Oh, yeah. So I know a lot of people love... Um, What's his Enter the Dragon, and I know yeah. that's like the, that's the one that really blew him up. But the Chinese connection, you talk about the the plot, and I think like you know there was a little bit of injustice. He was like, oh yeah, that was the one with like the he was working in a in a factory, yeah. I believe. Um, so I, I watched, I think it was on YouTube, so I watched it dubbed. Um, I'm sorry, sub with the subtitles. So like, I, I what I got out of it, um, I don't know if the subtitles were correct, but it was a great movie. Um, so what do we got? That's three. Yes, yeah. we got three. Um, I'm going to go with, I don't remember the name of the movie, um, Northern Kicks and Southern Fist with Wang Tao. Now, that's Wang Tao is a kung fu martial artist. He was an actor back in the 70s, and then I believe he became a politician. But he was, um, he was, one, he was one of my favorites as a kid. Um, and then, yeah, I think, I'm a, I think I can only come up with those four. Um, and for fifth, just because, like, with... John Wick is a great uh, martial arts movie. We talk about story. It has a lot of various martial arts. Talk about um, it's had a variety of uh, villains. Donnie Yen um, was one of the characters there. So it's it's a great modern day martial arts movie. Another honorable mention that just came into my head um, was uh, Kung Fu Hustle. Kung Fu Hustle, amazing. Amazing. I thought that was like comedic, over yes. the top, but just enough, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, but I, I, I love watching that movie. I love watching clips on YouTube. Yes. Uh, Kung Fu Hustle. Oh. Doesn't an- make my top five, but definitely makes an honorable mention. Man, and, and I know a lot of these are going to be honorable mentions because I, I wanted to, obviously, my top five are personal, but like all the Rush Hour movies, amazing. Oh, yeah. Fucking love those all those. Good. Those are great. Um, I, I know that there's obviously so many more, um, and we'll touch on those in the future. But, um, yeah, martial arts movie, they, they probably are the first influence, one of the first influences I had, um, and probably why I got yeah, into it. I think all, we all do. Yeah. Um, let's get into our weekly competition segment. So, uh, Giovanni was talking about the ADCC Dallas Open. Yeah. Um, so for the- those of you who are tuning into this episode for the first time, um, the ADCC Opens are the Abu Dhabi cha- uh, Combat Clubs, that organization, the ADCC, their attempt at just making their competitions more accessible because up until relatively recently, the only way for you to compete in an ADCC event was to compete at the ADCC, which is a very prestigious, if not the most prestigious grappling event um, in the world. So they want to do some more open-style tournaments where people don't really have to win to compete, right? They can just show up, compete, in their rule set against other grapplers trying to make a name for themselves. Um, yeah, no, a, a ADCC has been um, doing a lot of these opens. It's, it's great for competitors. It gets them more exposed to the rule set. And like Ray said, um, they also are the probably the most prestigious tournament in jiu-jitsu um and definitely like trying to build up their their brand um they're offering more weight classes um but without further ado right we're gonna start with the with the females and if you've obviously listened before we're again we're just gonna go through the winners um there's not much to cover some of these names you've heard before so we'll just quickly um go over for the 55 kilograms we have alex and i I know i I fucked up your name last time it's the nugin Oh, win. Win. I know. I'm sorry. Oh, don't worry. I said that all the way up to high school. Yeah. It, luckily, my, my co-host is uh, better with his words. Um, she's, a, she's a Nogi World Champion. She was also the Midwest 125-pound cha- uh, champ, so shout-outs to her. 60-kilogram um, was won by Jasmine Hocha, who's the daughter of Wagner Hocha. 
Um, 65 kilograms was won by Helena Krever, who's, you know, talk about starting the sport young. Earlier, we you talked about wrestling and how they have all these uh, school programs. I think AOJ is one of the schools that has made it popular in jiu-jitsu, but that is not as common. Um, that said, Helena Krever has been training a new wave. She's I think she's 17, um, and we've talked about she's won before. She's killing it out there. Uh, 70 kilograms was won by Hannah Griffith, who is the sister of Luke Griffith. They both train out a new wave, so shout-outs to her. Um, and then over 70 kilograms was won by uh, Bridget. Uh, I don't know your last name. I'm sorry. She trains out of Henzo's. Um, shout-outs to you. That's that's my bad for not getting your last name. And the absolute was won by Jasmine Hocha, who double golden. So wow, sh- her. Yeah, shout-outs to the ladies. Also, Jasmine Hocha will be fighting Fion at um, who's at the next who's number one card. So go Fion, go go Fion, 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 number, num- Fion number one. Fion number one. We're we're Welsh when it comes to any Fion, Fion Davis fan club. The Latin card podcast facts. only stands Fion Davis right now. Big facts. Um, On to the males uh, for the sixty kilograms. So um, Dylan Cameron won, and Dylan is a brown belt out of Gracie Brand. Bradenton. Um, he most recently won a super fight under Sapatero. Um, so shout outs to him. Um, again, ADCC is, you know, providing athletes with more tournaments. So um, 65 kilograms. This for me was the one that stood out. So Dorian Olivares is not a name that I had heard before. Um, and then I was on YouTube and Dorian had, they was, had a match or had a round with Nikki Ryan. Dorian is a 17-year-old um Phenom. So he took silver at the high school nationals. He scored 57 points in five matches, and he almost won his finals match. Mind you, this kid is 17. Yeah. He also took gold at Nogi, at Nogi Pans and took third at last year's ADCC Open, who was like, he was 16 at the time, and the person who won that division was Lucas Pinheiro, who's very recent world champion um so dorian olivares is probably a name that we're gonna see a lot um he's up and coming um if he stays healthy like you know he's gonna make a lot of noise and you said he came second in this division um he he won this division oh he he won this division. he he had come second um in nationals oh okay okay. um so he's also he's like he has a wrestling background great so he got second at high school nationals um scored 57 points in five matches that's crazy it's crazy crazy running it up Um, 70 kilograms was won by uh, DeAndre Corbe. This is his fourth ADCC Open gold at this weight class. He's won Dallas, Denver, Ottawa, and Vegas. Yeah. One thing about DeAndre Corbe, I am a huge fan of him. Um, but yes. just like a lot of other athletes, he is in this weird space when it comes to like power rankings just because he tends to win a lot of these smaller events. But then when he goes up against like the multi-national talents, he sort of falters a little bit. Now... No sweat on my boy, DeAndre. I love you. Keep doing the thing. You're going to get your day one day. Um, but I'm really excited just to see him actually shine that day. But for right now, he's been sort of lacking when it comes to like going onto the big stage and finding the big names. Yeah. But ho- who knows? Maybe he, one day he figures it out and has his breakthrough year and then just starts smoking everybody. Um, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, I think after the pandemic and once tournaments started to get more regularly, with ADCC Open, he seems to have found a groove. Um, and, it, it, you know, f- funnily enough, um, I, I, don't, I fought him or his brother. And, like, you know, so speaking from firsthand experience, like, 
both of these guys have been putting in work for years. So it's it's nice to like see these people and do you know um, enjoying the fruits of their labor. So shout outs to him. I hope that um he wins the trials because um, I'd I'd like to see him fight you know those at at the ADCC event itself and get you know a couple of matchups out there. Um, for the 76 kilogram, it was won by Pierre Oliver Lacrell. I'm sorry if I'm fucking up your name. He's from Canada. Um, he had hurt. He got an injury in his first match. I believe he popped his rib, but he pulled it through. He won five matches, I believe, and, you know, good for him. Damn, good for him. That's a hard injury to come back from, Yo, especially facts. in the same tournament. What? And he said it was in his first match, so that really, you know, that sucked. Um, 83 kilograms was won by Oliver Taza. Taza's an OG, but he fluctuates more than my weight. So (laughs) he wins three tournaments and then he loses two. He's one of the, you know, he's very, he's a great competitor. He's very knowledgeable. He's been around for long, but in terms of, um, how he does, I think he does similar to DeAndre. He does really well at these small tournaments and then at the bigger comps, like he kind of, you know, he doesn't get the same results. Um, but Hope that he continues to get some success. Um, 91 kilograms was won by Ray's boy, the Rottweiler, Mateus Lutis. Oh, Mateus Lutis. He also won gold at the Denver Open in May. So shout out to Empire Jiu Jitsu. Shout out Empire? That's his, uh, that's his gym. I thought it was Royal. Is it Royal? It's Royal. Unless he changed oh. it to Empire. N- never mind. Shout out to Royal Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> my bad. My bad, my boy. Okay, cut that out. <laughs> Um, the minus 100 kilograms was won by Giancarlo Badoni, who's coming off a loss to Pedro Mourinho at who's at I believe it was the last who's number one. Damn, that's crazy. Um, so he it was last minute, but he jumped in there to let everybody know, like, He's yo, still a king, bro. I'm, He's I'm still champion. Him. Hell yeah. And then the over 100 kilograms in the absolute were won both by uh, Lou Griffith in the absolute. He beat Elder Cruz. Um, and he recently won the heavyweight title under Enigma Jiu Jitsu, beating, um, I believe the blue belt slayer, the 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 big, thick gentleman who was ankle locking everybody. I have no clue. Oh, um, blue belt slayer. I don't know if it's blue belt slayer. Oh, I, I don't know his, his name. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I, I don't no, remember the adult his name. Slayer. Adult slayer. That's what it is. Yes, adult. I didn't oh, remember. My. Apache goalie. Yes. Bro, fuck that kid, bro. Oh. That guy gets pendejo the week. I was gonna <laughs> fuck that kid. <laughs> I'll say it right here on my podcast. I hate that guy. I bro, I can't believe it took ten episodes to talk shit about Patrick Goli. No, you might have mentioned. No, I don't know if you mentioned him before. The but reason yes. why I just hate this guy, right? It's just because if you look at any Patrick Goli like competition match, my man rips on heel hooks and kills people. What are you doing, my man? Somebody should sue this guy, <laughs> right? If Tex Johnson can sue Flow Grappling for getting slammed in a match where slams were legal, right? It should be crazy how this guy gets away with physically assaulting people. I'm sorry. I don't mean to get loud. If he's a minor, I might have to cut this out. No, he, I, I'm, he might be. So you might. I, I don't. They call him the adult slayer because I think he's like 17. Bro, okay. That's, I think. I, I cannot stand for this guy. I cannot stand this guy. I have nothing con- but con- contempt for Patrick However, you're. I mean, it doesn't matter. He looks like a grown-ass man, and he has the power of a grown-ass man. So if you're dropping down, ripping heel hooks, you're right. You should get sued a little bit, you know? Dude, I, and I, the craziest part is that his, like, everybody on the internet also hates this guy. And then when, he, like, a, a lot of this internet backlash came back to him, his instructor made a video. It's like, no, he's he's about that life. He got that dog in him. It's a competition. You should look to win. I'm like, what are you who's, talking about? Who's his instructor? I don't know. I think, 
I could be wrong. And look, we are who we are. We gonna hate. I'm tired of apologizing. But I, I could be wrong. I think his dad has an academy. Cause like he trains out in Long Island. Okay. Right? So he is in New York. So, you know, now we gotta look over our shoulders, make sure Patrick Gold doesn't fucking rip heel hooks out on yeah. us in the streets. <laughs> that said, um and, and and look, like I tend to be a little bit more empathetic um, than the average human. So I, I, when I learned he was younger, right, you also got to put some of this on the on his instructors. Like, at some point, somebody's got to be like, yo, like, either fix your technique a little bit or, like, you don't have to rip the heels. Like, somebody should have come to him and be like, yo, you could do that. You can still get the finish without, yeah. like, killing people out yeah. there or ripping knees, you know? And I know there's going to be arguments like, oh, this is a combat sport. Oh, he got a tab, blah, blah, blah. Man, I'm not going to get into that because yeah. I'm going to really start getting hate and then we don't both need to get loud. But um, I guess since you hating on him, I got to join. So, I fuck mean, you. It's just another conversation of, like, there's a... There's a difference between being aggressive and the way you do techniques and then purposely injuring people yeah. by being negligent. Yeah, right? that's true. So I, I really don't like Pantagoli, Pendejo of the Week, easy. Um, yeah, if you are 17 or older, um, yeah, you are going to stay the Pendejo of the Week because that makes you an adult. Um, if not, then you get the, I guess, Pendejito of the Week? Pendejito of the Week, Pendejito sure. of the Week, either way. All right. Um, yeah, that, that about covers up the Dallas Open. Um, for competitions, um, I think a lot of the big tournaments that are coming up are primarily going to be ADCC Opens. Um, the, trials are, the trials are coming up soon, especially because um, ADCC is happening next year, right? So um, with that said, um, there's just going to be a slowdown on, on that. And we'll still cover any super fights or anything like that. But um, yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. This has been episode 10 of the Latin Ace Guard podcast, hosted by Ramuna Gonzalez. And Giovanni Rosario. Tune in next week. Um, thank you so much for being patient on the release of the episodes. I know it's been kind of wonky just because I've been coming back from um, my vacation. And I'm still super jet lagged. I'm trying to get over it, trying to get back into the schedule, trying to get back into the rhythm of everything. Uh, thank you all for your patience. Thank you all for your support. Giovanni, you have anything to say? Um, if any of y'all putting pressure on my boy Ray, take it easy. All right? He's getting back. Relax, all right? We're going to keep releasing those episodes. I know we appreciate the support. Um, as someone who has, I mean, we've said it before, um, someone who has a hard time taking these compliments. It's it's both, it's very endearing, and, you know, it, it, it makes me very happy that we can, you know, at least provide some laughs for, for people throughout the week. Um, so thank you, everyone, for listening. And, you know, if you're going to be a hater, stay a hater. Thanks for listening, guys. Goodbye.